KFNX News Talk Radio 1100, it's Chatterbox, where you'll find the latest news, interviews, and updates about the gaming world. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host, the guests, and callers only, and not necessarily those of KFNX News Talk Radio 1100. And now, here's your host for Chatterbox. All right, well, here we are again, the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. I'm Alon. I'm Ara. You know, if you want to give us a call, uh, you can, if you're listening live. It's 866-536-1100. You've also got a website, chatterboxgameshow.com, where you can find uh, our email addresses and, and chat with the two of us, as people have done recently. And we talk about that on the show, too. Yes, we do. Yeah. Yeah. It's good so, times. just before we started, I was showing Ara... This fantastic new game that everybody's talking about. Is it? Everyone's talking about it? And only costs a dollar for some undetermined amount of time. What's this game called? Groove Coaster. Groove by Coaster. what I would say is Taito, but I guess you call it Taito. 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 Arkanoid people? Yeah. Yeah. They were real big in like the Nintendo Super Nintendo days. You don't really hear much about them anymore. This is true. Not yeah. as much. They can, actually can you even uh, think of a recent game they put out other than Groove Coaster. Yeah, actually, the um, recently they made a new version of Darius for the PSP. For the PSP. Yeah. Do they make any games on the big boy systems that people play? Probably. Even this is only an iOS game. Yeah, I don't know. Good question. Well, I want to play a song from it just so people can get the feel. What this this is. is that song. That's what you want to yeah, advertise to the, the world. Weird. You know, if you were the head of the marketing campaign, for I this wouldn't. Game, I wouldn't do this if I was actually trying to get sales for the game. I would write a letter for your re- letter for your resignation. But you see, this this program does a lot of weird stuff. We try to we try to let people know, you know, what's out there. I and just think you like weird things. I do the edgy stuff. Yeah. So this game, uh, it's iOS, iPhone, Universal I- iPhone, iPad game i'm not i'm not one to review games because i'm not going to like consider its graphics and its appeal and its you know value to price ratio and all that well here's a funny thing right i was like asking him like how much is this game right because i'm like this looks pretty crappy and i probably wouldn't keep playing it but then you said it was a dollar yeah and then i said it's probably worth it for it it's probably worth a dollar honestly um, they could get away with selling it for ten bucks, especially with all the rave reviews they've, they've gotten. I think they wouldn't be as positive if it was more expensive, which is strange. It makes you wonder: like, are people reviewing the actual game, telling you how good it is, uh, regardless of price? Well, they like, are. Obviously, they but, aren't. But no, I do. I do think that everybody factors in price, whether they're doing it deliberately or not. I tell you what: the the reviewers, the people who, I mean, players who rate the game, like in in the app store, when you just say, "I give it five stars" or four stars or whatever, yeah. definitely based on price. Like, if you read the comments, like, I get the zero stars, it's not worth the money I paid. Oh, yeah. Or, if I paid for this, I would ask for my money back, stuff like that. Th- those people are generally giving it no stars anyway. Yeah, but, I mean, um, consumers will certainly not be rating things on a price irrespective scale. Yeah, they, they will be, definitely take it Because it was their money that they spent, right? Usually, yes. Reviewers, on the other hand, are a little bit um, less attached to that part of the deal because they many times did not pay money for it. Yeah. And so they can't make that value judgment because they haven't 
pocketed their own. Uh, but so often you see them mentioning pocket. it. They're like. Yeah, for a twenty dollar value game, this is a really good shot. You should give it a sh- give it a try, right? Or yeah. wait until it goes down to twenty dollars, or wait until it comes out as platinum hit, stuff like that. Right. You hear all the time, and so it, it makes me wonder, you know, really, if we should just be reviewing games. Of course, then games that are value games that don't, you know, meet the standard of the big AAA title. Right. Then, if you really are reviewing those on just the basis of not, you know, of gameplay and stuff, they're always going to get bad ratings. Well, so there's you a should huge, take it into consideration. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that I could I could actually evaluate this game without knowing how much it was because the basic gameplay is it's basically like Guitar Hero, any rhythm game that you want, except it doesn't matter there's where. Even less skill. Well, in a way, right? It's just you, you, it doesn't matter where you press the screen. You're just pressing the screen when you're. Little Space Invader gets to the little dot, right? For the and record, the Space Invader, I happen to have a power-up that brings him there. It's not all oh, okay. the Space Invader. What are you normally? I don't know, some, like, swirls and stuff. Okay, so a swirl or a Space Invader. Or a dot. Right, like, yeah. basically uh, travels along this line, which represents the level. And but there it's are, in 3D space, man, are, it curves yeah, and okay, stuff. Yeah, okay, all that stuff, and that's kind of that's kind of cool. But, um, you know, you can... It's basically like you were playing a... Rock band game, except your your guitar only had one button, and the the and no frets and well yeah and no frets and the track you know snaked across this three dimensional space although it's just one track not yeah so anyway, not like five it's normally three bucks right now it's a dollar because it just released it's getting a lot of press which makes me actually not want to talk about it because every blog is talking about how you should go buy this game and I think it's actually the iTunes game of the week right now. I could just I happened okay. to go to the store a second ago. I mean, it's an interesting diversion, but I just feel like I've played this game so many times before already. But it's got cool music. I mean, the music's all right. I wouldn't say, but then a dollar for a dollar. I mean, and then, would you like to hear the music? And then no, but I mean, you know, you've destroyed everything that is good in my life already. <laughs> so what have I got to lose? All right, so here we go. Uh, we're gonna play the play merrily song. At least just just for a little bit, and then we can get cut off. Let me, let me bring it bring it to the microphone. Isn't this great? And I'm tapping the screen. That's a lot of drum. I don't know if the mic does it justice. That's a a lot of drum like the kind you'd see on the street. <laughs> you mean like? Buckets? Like a bucket drum. I'm ad-libbing right now. I'm getting extra points. Anyway, so you can you can tell how awesome and fresh this is, right? Is that is that what you call fresh? <laughs> is that what you think of? It's fine. Like you said, it's a diversion. But uh, for only a dollar, like, and I've bought very very few games uh, digitally. Very few. I bought Auditorium, which as, I think as, was published as by EA. Have I. I've probably bought even less than you have. <laughs> probably because I think I bought three. Uh, so I bought Auditorium, okay, we may be tied. which was published by EA, and it was basically an audio game, right. but um, more complex than this in terms of gameplay. Uh, I also bought Carcassonne because that's just awesome, um, although that was 10 bucks, but they do a really good job, and it's universal iPhone, iPad. I uh, played it a lot while I was on vacation in Europe. And then this, this guy, uh, not, not bad at all for just a dollar. So I urge people to go give it a shot because I love music games and games where you just tap stuff. So Yeah, so it's... And it's got weird tunes like that from from Taito. All right, I think we've said all we've needed to. I've said, listen, intro. I had to get it in there because I'm having fun with it. Fair enough. Let's uh, 
You played anything new lately? I played Groove Coaster. Except for the, the game we just spent the last 10 minutes talking about? Uh, I also finished playing Infamous. Infamous? Yes. Wait, we, this, we talked about it last is week. Is this the Sucker Punch one? Yeah, well, it was the first one. The second one's already out, and I'm only right. playing the first. So so news today, or in recent days, it yeah, might they have got, actually been they got snatched up. They finally got bought out by Sony, and the reason why I say finally... It took long enough, right? ...is because they've been pretty much exclusively, although completely independently, been developing games for Sony for quite a while. So now they got bought out by Sony. Yeah, there's actually a lot of Sony news right now. Um, is there? They're, yeah, they're talking a lot about the uh, the Vita and how it's going to interact with the PS3, and then there's something I want to talk about a little bit later, just about how they're um, they're courting the independents, independent developers. Oh, right. Well, we'll see if they really are. Yeah, it's weird, because... You and I don't ever play the PS3. and I Speak for yourself, sir. I'll have you know that I'm trying out new PS3 games all the time. Like what? Like Dead Nation. The game that was offered for free? That I chose not to download, but then I did try the demo. <laughs> and now you like night. it? No. <laughs> I'm not regretting that I did not choose to download okay. that game. So did you choose a second game? No, I chose only one game. Only Wipeout. I only got Wipeout, yeah. And you actually... Uh, Dead free game, and you're like, not going to buy it. See, see, this was... Okay, so here's what we're going to now. You could have just used your credit. Remember last week, right? The week before, how we were talking about how I I, I decide within 10 seconds... You valued a hard drive, unused hard drive space, more than yes. a free game. And, 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 how, and how my faculties of, of discrimination instantaneously are actually have been have been fine-tuned and honed by the many years which is funny because you chose you chose wipeout and i find yeah. wipeout to be incredibly lame and i haven't actually played it yet it's too hard to play and i'll eh, we'll see about that um but this dead nation game i mean it's getting like real it's getting pretty good reviews it has like a seven it's high 70s metacritic which is actually quite good. remember what we were just talking about in terms of uh, cost and people rate on value. Yeah, yeah. So when Dead Nation, when it was the, major- the majority of which yeah. uh, purchases, I think, were free. It's possible. <laughs> it's going to be rated well because that ah, was a free game. Right? Well, That's yeah, probably what sure, happened. sure. I'm sure that colors it too by by a large degree. Um, it, it, this is, it's a funny spot, right? This game is like a Smash TV style game with zombies. Okay, so dual stick controls. It's funny because Smash TV felt like I was fighting zombies too. Top view zombies right and i mean technologically it's very very sharp very polished very impressive like they do some really really nice visuals with the uh with the shadows there's you know there's like a light source that's coming out of wherever you're pointing and it casts these really really nice beautiful looking shadows on the you know the the tons and tons of zombies that are coming at you in the game and there's you know there's cool explosions and all that stuff and everything is very very sharp very crisp right but um, not not interesting to play for me at all. Because, so it's probably just a graphical demo for the developers. Because, well, see, here's the thing. I mean, this is, for better or worse, I mean, for me personally, it's a worse, but games that are incredibly polished, even if they're bad games, can do really, really well on the market. And in a lot of ways, it's because, you know, most people, they're not looking for a really compelling game experience, period. They're just looking for a compelling experience right and so people can get satisfaction out of you know really nice graphics and really fluid movement and you know lots of zombies and then they're happy and that's fine right another reason you should enjoy groove coaster 
fantastic awesome. audiovisual yeah, experience. Yeah, okay. I thought you agreed you'd stop talking about it. I made no such agreement. <laughs> so, but the thing is, right? And I mean, maybe maybe there's more later, and I'll say once again a caveat that I didn't play through the whole game, right? But every part I played up to, basically, there's just the zombies are just coming at you. And it's a very uninteresting gameplay dynamic. It's like, oh, wait, I'm running out of space. Okay, I'll just back up. Right? And so all you're doing is you're just managing a mass of enemies that is running at you. Uh, some run at you slowly. Some run at you quickly. Let me guess. The slow ones take more hits to kill. Not necessarily. But there's there's really not a lot more than that. I mean, hopefully there should be a lot more than that as you progress further in the game. But they didn't even give me an inkling of what the game could be interaction-wise in, in the first few uh, sequences and that by that I was really disappointed because there's I mean there's so much you can do with the dual stick format in terms of enemy behaviors and just interactions and just the quality of what you can do in that space and all they were doing is just having a slow moving horde come at you and you have to back up and shoot them so I've got a thought what's your thought that we're going to break that's a good thought I will express the real thought when we return Arizona's News Talk Leader, KFNX, AM 1100. Really? Really what? I thought you were going to bring it in for me there. Well, no, then you started running to your seat. Okay, fair enough. So I was like, oh, I guess he wants it. I don't want to steal it away from him. The intro. Fair enough. But Still I'm going to steal it away from you. To tell everyone to go to uat.edu, the website for the University of Advancing Technology. And that, sir, will allow you to stall and use the uh, Computron over here to talk about how to look up some sort of game. Um, and I'm going to use that time to discuss what I was mentioning before we went to break. So you were talking about uh, the PS3 and how this game looks really good. And I, I made a quick uh, remark, which I thought actually has perhaps more meaning, saying that it might have just been a like a visual tech demo for the company. And I realized in this age of downloadable, relatively cheap games, um, and for all I know, we might have talked about this in the past, um, it seems that if a company wants to develop a new engine, create a uh, tech demo for themselves, just to see you know what might be for a future game, now they actually have a revenue stream from that, because you can, you can take a tech demo and turn it into you know a five or ten dollar game so you don't have to develop the gameplay that much but you get to test something out and in the past companies have tested things out by making full release games they have to develop them a lot um and okay maybe version one isn't that good or they use you know game a to test out an engine and then they use game b really refined version of that engine well you know what what i've never believed that you had to actually develop gameplay very far to have a hit game (laughs) well i guess that's true but I mean, like this, this was probably just their attempt to be like, hey, let's make something really, really pretty. We'll see what we can do. And then, you know, we'll release it and try to make a little money back. Who's who? Who are you talking about? The people who make this zombie game. I don't know who the heck it oh. is. But, yeah, you know. I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think that that's what they did. This was actually the same company that made Super Starburst HD, by the way. Hmm. Now, they might, they might use this as maybe leverage to develop another game off of, right? I uh, declare my, my idea is still valid. Even if that's not what they did. See, here's here's the problem, right, though, is that a lot of times things that are not essential to 
gameplay interaction still take up tons and tons of development time and oftentimes even more time than any kind of gameplay uh, design or development might take up. Well, the point is that you get to recoup some of those costs. Like, you're going to develop that, you're going to spend that time developing no matter what. But you can use that time developing the engine, recoup some of the costs, and then not spend that money on the next project. Well, because you already have that developed. That's, I mean, that is, that is just smart development in general, I think. And actually, like, I, I think that a lot of developers are kind of forced to do that when they are in a pattern where they have to develop for, let's say, like, the consoles, right? Um, you saw, you know, the Castlevania game that came out. Not this last one, but the past couple ones were, like, basically the same format, like, the same... The ones on the Game Boy Advance? No, 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 no. The 3D ones before the last one, right? I mean, they basically announced, when that series was announced, that they were basically amortizing their cost over several projects. And then they made another game that was actually based on the same engine that... Um, the one with blood everywhere. I forgot what it was called. Who knows? I don't remember. It's a Konami game. Whatever. There's lots of blood. Yeah, got me. Okay. Silent Hill? No. <laughs> no, it was an action game. Anyway, it was not well, well received and didn't sell well. The, the funny thing is, though, that, right? I mean, like, theoretically, you can think about, like, yes, let's let's do like things like you're saying. But when it comes down to brass tacks, if the game isn't good or good according to the audience's whimsy then it still won't make money. And No, but what I'm saying is, back to the thing we said earlier, that if you can rate a game highly simply because it presents a, a better value, because it's only a $5 game instead of a $60 game, then you can, it will sell well, right? You say, oh, take this game that's not not $60 game, but okay, make it 10 bucks, And it'll sell well, and they'll make some of that money right, back, but even then, if it's only a portion of the money they would make But then you have to make, make up, right? But, it, I mean, you know, as well as anyone, that if you drop your price, you have to make up for it in volume. Yeah. yeah, but so. but if you also, I mean, we're we're comparing a game with a, a shorter life cycle. This this hypothetical game where you don't spend as much time because you're just testing something around, right? All I'm saying is that there's no free rides. Like you can use that as a strategy, but I still don't think that all the other things being equal, that that's any better or worse than another strategy where you say like we're going to dump more resources into this game and make this a really badass game. All right. Like there's just there's just no free rides in this business. You know that's what it comes down to. You know you can try to do it on the cheap or you can try to do it on the expensive. But well, I mean, in a company, a game company, you you might see some guys saying uh, the guys who head up the company, right? So there are people who do some development stuff. Let's say the engine builders, which are really important folks, right? And they might have to build the engine, and at some point they get cut off. And they're working on some other project, or they don't have anything to do while the company they're working for is making the only game they make or something, right? All right. Um, and they might say, okay, we're going to go play with something else. We're going to go develop some new stuff for the next project, which doesn't exist yet. We're just going to play around. And that whole that concept of playing around exists in game companies all over the place, although perhaps not in every company and, and not as much as, as we'd like. But, perhaps. But this sort of R&D or experimentation happens all the time. Well, yeah, you've got to do that. Yeah. So then they can say hey, we developed this thing, which wasn't going into any particular game. It was us just fooling around in some time that we had between projects. And then the heads might say, hey, you know what? Spend another just a month. Polish it up a little bit. Throw yeah, in a little yeah. bit of gameplay I, that I didn't hear, exist before going with and this. get a revenue stream. I, I will agree with you that it does open up an avenue that was not available before. Yeah. But, and I think that that's the one good thing. But to come out of this digital, but it's still crap. not that open, right? Because even though the bar to release a game is a little lower, you still have to put in a significant amount of effort to clean up even some rough thing that you have that's sitting in the corner of the room that you 
spent some R&D resources on and have no plans to actually release. I'm just saying that it takes it's like uh, it's like recycling paper, man. It's like recycling You're getting paper. something out of something that you were going to throw away. Yes, that's right. And you usually end up spending most of the energy <laughs> to recycle it than you did otherwise. Touche, sir. Touche. Okay, so there's this other game that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, you were feverishly looking for it on the computer and, over here. And yeah, because I could have sworn that apparently this isn't the fr- like there's a Deadliest Warrior, but now they release Deadliest Warrior Legends. Yeah, there's there's I realized there was another one. So this is a new one. That just came out, right? Yes. It's on PSN. I think it might be on 360 as well, maybe. Um, I kind of find this funny because they have a lineup of like historically important like warriors, right? Except I, there were like one or two of these, and I was trying to find the names of them like right during the break. There was like one or two of these that they just don't fit into the uh, normal stable of things people who you would think of as warriors. Like they, Spuds McKenzie? Not that bad, but it was like it almost seemed like it was something like like Genghis Khan versus like John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> okay, like Genghis Khan, I think might be in the game. I think John Wilkes Booth isn't in the game, but it was like that sort of thing. Like, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was kind of amusing. So there's there's nothing there's nothing really I have to say about that game other than that. Uh, I'm sorry, then I have no idea why you brought it up. <laughs> because it's Genghis Khan, Genghis Khan versus. John Wilkes Booth. It's hilarious. Wait, wait. You're saying John Wilkes Booth is actually in the game? No, someone that reminded me of John Wilkes Booth. But you can't remember who? Somebody that does not does not uh, cause visions of warrior-likeness and physical fitness in your mind when you think of them. God, I, I have no idea what you're getting at. <laughs> you're just saying there's this guy you can't remember who has seemed out of place in this game. Yeah. Okay, well, that was, that was good enough to bring up on the radio. I think that was uh, that was value. It's, <laughs> for our this is why they pay us the big bucks. <laughs> All right. Obviously. Well, go out and buy The Deadliest Warrior. No, it's on Xbox Live no, right now. <laughs> you don't have to go. We don't have to tell anyone to buy it. Do we even know who develops that game? Yeah, it's Pipeworks. And it's actually. it's a Spike TV game. Yeah, I guess so. That's That's so sad. All right. I got something else here for you. Right. We've got emails as well. Yeah, let's do that. Emails? Yeah. I'll do my email and then you can do your email. Did How you get the, did you get the one from Penn? No. The most recent one? Uh, he's, I he, got it ignored he's starting it. to take cracks at us. Ah, it's getting a little uh, big head there. Yes. Okay, so before we get to that, just really briefly, right? Our our, our uh, one of our other listeners who writes us a lot, Joe, sent sent me an email and not you, I guess. One of the few in the proud. Yeah, apparently. Um so I posited a question to everybody, all the listeners, all you guys couple weeks ago about hey what do you think is a fair amount of time that online servers for a game that has online play should be maintained right and pen you know our buddy pen he immediately said it should be forever um and then joe is like um he came up with a very complex algorithm actually and he said that they should um compute the percentage of uh users based on their uh peak user rate uh, and when the percentage drops below like 80 or 90%, uh, then that's when they should stop supporting the game. And um, he was like, well, what do you think of that? Well, uh, Joe, I think that that's probably way too complicated. Um, I'm sure that the companies realize when most of the volume of the players don't need to be supported yet, or anymore, I should say. Um, and that's usually when they start shutting things down. But he was like, you know... 
that gives gamers like six to nine months generally. And he's never played a game for that much, for longer than that long, continuously online for the same game. So he's saying it should be a short time, basically. So he's saying shorter. I mean, I'm thinking like six to nine months. That's not that bad. That's not enough. It's not enough for you? Some games people play for a long time, dude. That's true. I don't think I'd be in that Don't forget, some people buy the game six months in. All right, we'll be back. It's me, Mario. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. It's a number one. Woohoo! So William Wallace. Actually, I don't. I don't even want to say William Wallace because he was. Apparently, the, the story of Braveheart was like modeled after him, and so that's uh, that's valid. That's valid enough. A warrior. I was gonna say Cortez because Cortez is in uh, that game, and is that because you don't want to admit that you just didn't know who William Wallace was? Yes. Okay. That was her Cortez then. Cortez. Cortez was the guy. Doesn't really strike fear into the hearts of men. You're not Spanish. I guess not. Uh, or Mexican, I mean, or he, whatever it is that he represented. Well, since he I don't was, know who he was, he was He was a conquistador. So Spanish. Yes. Good. I'm not totally off then. Um, and I don't know. I don't know enough about history to, to say whether he is tough enough. But apparently... You and I are works, both so educated. It's Pipeworks has decided that he's tough enough for the game. So um, that works for me. Well, I mean, could you think back in history? It would be Joan of Arc. Like, what other warriors you're going to... Pick. Well, it's, Genghis the, it's Khan. well. It's a huge, here's where the disconnect for me is that like Jetly. The, the name is called deadliest warrior, right? Not like deadliest general, <laughs> right? And like some of these, like yeah, like the generals and like 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 Cortez. Like I don't know, I don't know if Cortez was a tough guy. I mean, Genghis Khan, Attila the Hun. Like okay, like I can just Im- imagine these people chewing off people's heads. Cookie Monster. Cookie Monster. Yes. <laughs> Not historically accurate, Cookie Monster. I, I have a feeling perhaps uh, the game is not historically accurate for other characters as well. But uh, no, I think that they tried to be. Really? Yeah. All right. The I weaponry appears to be um, at least. Is uh, it like a? Is it a History Channel show? Is it a Spike show? Since it's on Spike, or it's the, the little the Spike thing on logo on the game? Yeah, I think it was a Spike. Yeah. Show. Yeah. That's scary. I don't think I even have Spike, but somehow I've seen that show before. Yeah. All right. All right. Enough about that. So, uh, so Penn wrote to us, and in classic Penn style, um, asks if we if we watched any of the Evo fighting game tournament, and says if you did not watch, then why do you suck? And give your thoughts on esports. Um, I did try to watch. I did. So I, can you can you be baiting us more with trolling? Is yeah, that right? possible? Right. Well, you know, at least you tried. Uh, I did try to watch, as evidenced by the fact that my PlayStation Home Avatar now has a companion joystick provided by, presumably, Capcom uh, because I attempted to watch. Unfortunately, uh, while I was watching, I got host commentary, which was lame because I wanted to see a fight. And then when I did see a, f- a match, it was Marvel vs. Capcom 3, a game that I think is not fun. Um, and the stream totally broke while I was watching it and just turned into some garbledy junk. And I... I mean, I tried. I waited a while for it to fix itself. 
and it did not. You probably waited longer than I would have. Yeah, so See, I got my companion joystick. I would have been like, this game sucks, I'm never playing this again. Well, it's not a game, it was just watching the video. Then the, <laughs> then that's why I'd be like, it yeah. sucks really What's bad. What's funny is, I couldn't even go full, it has a full screen option in PlayStation Home when you watch a movie, okay. and I couldn't go true full screen. It was still, had borders around it and stuff. It was yeah. weird. Um, but I tried to watch, partially because I got the free companion joystick on wheels, little RC thing. Um, and partially because Corey from Golgatron, um, and I think Eric Hawkins as well, went down to what I thought was Vegas to go watch this. I'm pretty sure it was Vegas, yeah. but it was weird. Joystick had a mistake in one of their, their posts. They mentioned that it was in Los Angeles, which was just wrong. It's definitely. So they went to Evo. They, they went to Evo. And what's funny is uh, last weekend or two weekends ago, I can't remember. It was two weekends ago. Um, Corey was talking about going down there. He found a bookie to take bets on Evo. And, really? Um, yeah. Really? And he was like, yeah, dude, you bet on like the top eight, the top four, whatever. And it's always the same guys every time. Um, so it's, it's easy money. And I was like, one, you're an idiot because you're always an idiot. Two, you're an idiot because, well, I mean, obviously you're an idiot, right? You can't, you can't guarantee that these things are going to change. Because of consistency. And the second time is just because it's obvious. Because of what he actually said, yeah. And so then it was the, it was the greatest thing ever. There's... um. There's one guy in my tweet stream, and I actually haven't gone onto Twitter in quite a while, but one guy who, anytime there's fighting game stuff like Evo, like he just tweets up a storm and retweets, and one he posted, only one guy from last year's top eight <laughs> made it this year, Daigo, in the Super Street Fighter 4 tournament. Or if it was whatever. anybody who could be consistent, although even I heard that Daigo, who's rumored to be a god among men, did not perform as well as he should have. Yeah, I don't know. But apparently... now. I don't know to trust the tweet or if I even fully understood it, but he said it, it was definitely like only one made it uh, who was who was there from last year. Only one is still in. And uh, Did Corey I thought to myself, play some bets? Corey got totally screwed. Did he play some bets? Yeah, he yeah. tweeted about it too, and he's like, ah, stupid team, whatever. I lost money on the top four because none of them could handle themselves. Yeah. Um, uh, so, next, next time you talk to Corey, you can tell him that when he's in the casino talking to the bookie. And he notices the 13 gilded chandeliers. They weren't there because people won off the bookies. Yeah. Well, it's just, I mean, I hadn't stopped to think about this beforehand. But as soon as I saw that most of the people from last year didn't make it in, I thought to myself, oh, that's probably because there's been a huge surge in players for fighting games, especially Street Fighter, you think so? over the last year. Yeah, is that true? There, there must have been, right? People, the fighting games are huge right now. So there's going to be just a... a generally a bigger field of people um fortunately it's not like poker it takes some skill to actually succeed right. and i by the way love poker i actually went went to the casino this weekend i made 240 bucks playing poker good job at the casino never done that before so uh but but there's a huge amount of luck and variability involved in poker which is basically absent from a true skill game yes um, this is true and so that's why you tend to see huge consistency in this. But still. Unless you're Phil Ivey and you're psychic and you know what your opponent's thinking. Okay. Um, uh, but, but with the uh, with Street Fighter, e- even, even though you've got this, this highly skilled game, you're still going to have, uh, obviously, increased variability due to the increased field of players. And um, some who might just come, you know, sneak attack. I guess there's some eight-year-old kid who's really good at Marvel vs. Capcom 3 as well. Heard about that. I don't know much about that. But um, it was fun to see Corey uh, lose all his money. And I'd like to get a report from him of just how much he actually lost because of this. Let's do that. 
Probably more than the cost of the game. Let's get that report. I wonder if he could have bought a Street Fighter 4 arcade machine for the amount that he lost. You know what is even more expensive than buying a game that you don't like or losing to a bookie all of your money because you made horrible bad decisions? No. How about uh, deep vein thrombosis from playing a game for too long? Uh, Is that the you sat down for way too long disease? Yeah. That's the one where they say, if you're flying to Europe, get up every once in a while. Yes. Right? Okay. Uh So most people have this natural instinct to not remain motionless for 12 hours at a time. I have no idea what you mean. It's just, it's, it's, I know it's hard to fathom. I I enjoy sitting motionless for a very long time. You know, maybe for you it's hard to understand, and I I don't believe that's true. This this story is completely foreign to me. I don't know about you, but when I'm completely motionless for a while, I just get this feeling like i got to get up and move around. Let me tell you. You know how people uh, drink alcohol and they feel good when they drink alcohol? Mm, Something like that. And then sometimes uh, some people take drugs and they feel really, really good. Yeah. And then sure. uh, the theory is when you die and you see that white light, you feel really, 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 really good. Yeah. Right? Because, like, you're going to heaven yeah, or whatever. Yeah, don't, but don't. It's a trap. Right? <laughs> don't go to the white light. Yeah, don't do that. Turn back. Just advice. I'm just for saying. Listeners. Yeah, just um, turn around if you see that. I developed this theory as a youngster that uh, the more responsibility that you lose in terms of, like, uh, responsibility over your own body, the better you feel. And so that was, like, there's alcohol, drugs, death. This this hierarchy of uh, relieving yourself of this responsibility of handling your own body, uh, you get a bigger high. And so I think laying motionless is close to death and is probably a really good high. Close to bliss. <laughs> right? Closer to God. Indeed. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, what the what are we actually talking about? Well, so, I have no idea. <laughs> I'll tell you. Some, some, uh, sometime recently in the UK, um, specifically, South... Yorkshire, I think they say. Are we going to discuss werewolves now? No. Um, basically, this kid, uh, this 20-year-old kid, his name is uh, Chris Staniforth, died because he was playing video games for 12 hours straight on the 360, and he had a blood clot, which is what deep vein thrombosis is. It's a formation of a blood clot in one of your deep veins. And the problem, well, this is what happens, right? If you don't move for a while, it causes the chance for these clots to form. And then one of them uh, makes its way up to, like, let's say, oh, I don't know, your lungs. And then, and this is what happened here. It formed in his leg, and it moved through his bloodstream to his lungs, and then it caused a blockage in his lungs, which is really, really bad because that will kill you. Yeah, you know what? That's why the Connect is going to save the world. And, well, okay, you cannot get the deep brain thrombosis by playing Connect. that is true. But the thing that really struck me about this, other than the fact that um, I don't understand how this kid did not have the faculty to tell him to move maybe once every six hours, possibly, but... Games these days will tell you to do that. I, I guess, I mean, I guess the game is just that good. But this guy's father, I mean, like the poor father, right... He is like, hey, I just want everybody to know that this is what happens if you don't move for a very long time, and that this is a risk, and it's not because of video games, and video games are not inherently evil. And so... The dad said that? Yes, the dad, David Staniforth, you are a gentleman and a scholar and a 
That was and unexpected. And, and, I, and I offer my condolences to you, sir. You are a valiant person. All right. Well, thank you for that. We're going to break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio, the final chapter for this week. Yes, yeah, so go to the website chatterboxgameshow.com and uh, feel free to email us about things you want us to talk about or things you don't like that we said, whatever. We tend to get those quite a bit. Um, we've only got one segment left, so we, I'm going to remind We relish you. them well, and cherish them. If we didn't, we'd just turn into sad, sad hermits. <laughs> So we we have to see the good and in the bad. I don't feel like I'm getting enough bad emails, actually. Why? You know, there's uh, I mean, Maybe there's you're a getting them all. Are you just getting them all and you're hiding them from me? I, I pass on most of the mail we get yeah. to you. Yeah, I figure you would. Yeah. I don't I don't pass on the mail that says, hey, I'm from a casino website and I want to share links on your website. Will you do that? And I say, screw off. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, again, head to the website, send us an email, do all that. Uh, don't forget, while you're going to that website, you can open up another tab. Go to the University of Advanced Technologies website, uat.edu. Uh, I hear they get calls from our listeners from time to time seeking uh, an education, so you can do that. Um, <clears throat> so we've got about 10 minutes left. I've got something to talk about. You've got some stuff to talk about, so why don't, why don't you start? I've got uh, I've got something that segues quite nicely from our last story. Okay. All right. So. Which was, dead kid didn't move at all. Dead kid played too much games. Dad, uh, sad, as he should be. But rational. Um, but rational and does not blame video games. You know, it's those English, man. They keep their heads on. So, well, some of them do. So now, here's an example of not an exact same corresponding situation, but fairly similar and a completely opposite reaction. Now, in this case, um, here's a kid, and uh, he is the son of a pastor, right? 16-year-old son, Right. Nothing bad ever happens to the son of a pastor. Anyway, unless uh, they dance. The short of it is that the guy, this kid, the 16 year old, gets into an argument with his parents because they forbid him to play Halo 3. And then they find out that uh, the son actually was sneaking out of the house to play the game with friends. And so they locked the Halo 3 game i suppose in a lockbox and one night when the quote family prepared to watch an indians red sox game on tv uh the son enters the living room and he shoots both of them dead actually both of them didn't die the father still survived but he shot both of them and the mom died i was gonna ask how could the father have reacted if he died yes indeed and so that's terrible and a terrible thing do you know why it's terrible because he's playing all this halo 3 and he's still a really bad shot well that's bad one (laughs) two i mean like halo 3 i mean out of all the games that are violent and feature shooting i think that halo 3 is probably one of the less gratuitous ones uh, yeah, because it's future, futuristic it's, and aliens and all that. Right. And anyway, um, he, I'm going to read you guys some quotes just to give you some background on how insane this family is. Well, one of them's a pastor. Uh, that's true. We're starting so, off with a low bar. Yeah. So the attorney for the family says that we have a young man who's normal, a normal young man, 
until he starts viewing video games. Okay, mm-hmm. crazy quote number one. Um, now the kid we know is crazy because he killed his parents. So who else is crazy, right? Um, the whole darn world is crazy. So let's see. There's this other character involved in this story. Oh yes. Okay. So there's this there's this fellow named Phil Chalmers, right? Who he's he basically does a he goes on a talking circuit where he goes around the country talking about juvenile murderers, right? And this character Chalmers claims that there's there's several major factors that are very very common, right? And they're like mental illness. These are the things that cause a teen to murder, right? Uh, being bullied, depression, and lastly, but apparently not leastly, yes, video game addiction. This causes you to murder people, right? Um, so Chalmers says, I'm convinced that violent video games played a key role in this crime, adding that before... Here's, here's the thing, right? This kid had an injury, okay? Here's the kicker to this story. And this Chalmers character says that the kid who killed was a normal kid before the injury. Now, what is this injury that happened? Apparently, he had a snowboarding incident, and he was unable to walk for a very, very long time, and he got depressed, right? Now, I put to you, right, what is more likely to cause a kid to go crazy? Depression caused by the fact that you had a major snowboarding accident and you can't really walk anymore, or video games? Uh, a parent who doesn't let you do the one thing you can do since you can't walk. After yes, yes. An and thank you so much for <laughs> taking that leap, which is really just an inch of a step, right? This kid can't do anything. And all he has, the joy only joy in his life, is to play some video games. And the parents take that away from him. They probably wouldn't let him masturbate either. Probably not, because they told him that really bad things would happen if you do that. Worse than even losing your hair. Yes. So, not like I mean, like this is insane. And the thing that kills me, no pun intended, is that <laughs> the father is so certain, so convinced, he's just dead sure that it's the video games that did it. And it, this is really dangerous, guys. Like this whole veil of video games is clouding people's ability to see things for what they are. I mean. Man, like here's here's what the father says. You know, these games are addictive. Kids get addicted like they do to drugs. Um, this Chalmers character said once again, they become desensitized to murder, and all the lines between reality fade away, and they can act on impulse. Exactly what Danny did. Is that what happens when you play Halo Three? All lines between reality fade away. Dude, honestly, I'll give it to him. I'm just just. For sake of argument, I would give that to him. But where does the uh, wanting to kill people in real life, where does that line get crossed? Because it seems like a line's really far away from playing a game, even if you're addicted to the game. Because addicted to the game means I want to play the game, not I want to kill people. Yeah. Well, so, there was there was another story similarly, right, uh, a couple months ago, where some some mom took away the console from a kid and the kid like basically like they like, hit her over the head with like a like a pan and like beat her up right well i would do that and and this is the thing like you know kids are very very sensitive and you know without knowing the exact details like i think that what you posited was probably the most likely scenario that this kid is nothing good in his life and there's just there are very few things that he can do that bring him joy and the parents take that away from him without even understanding his plight or his situation or what they the the depth of what they have 
removed from his life. Well, they probably didn't take Tetris away from him. Just um, Halo 3. Well, fair enough, but apparently, I mean, that's all he was playing. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't like Halo 3. I don't. Or Tetris. I'm not going to really dwell on this. It's uh, it's clearly a silly response, but what else are you going to expect well, from this religious family? I don't... I don't I don't expect a reaction that's as harsh as the father saying, I'm going to fight them. They put weapons in the hands of our children that teaches them to murder and that killing them is okay. Like, no! No, nobody's doing that. I'm pretty sure that's not the lesson I got. No, like, stop using a scapegoat. Stop taking the easy way out and actually look at what happened to your family and maybe reach a different conclusion that might be reality Instead of just blaming it on something you don't understand. The irony is Halo 3 is all about, like, the good guys overcoming the bad guys. And they're always talking about, well, in his religious family, I'm sure he hears a lot about God, you know, defeating the devil and the wars between good and evil and all that. Yeah. So maybe those stories, I I would argue, could potentially have the same effect, which in reality is is close to zero. But uh, you might argue are very similar. Yeah. Right. So this, I mean, this incident happened in like 2007, and I, I don't know if there's like, there's going to be, I mean, I guess there's no court case for there to happen. Well, there's there's no not. litigation that's necessary, apparently. That's but. good. So let's talk about something more interesting. All right. We've um, <clears throat> only got a few minutes, but there's this uh, this report that people who make this iOS game called uh, The Great Little War Game, have you heard of this at all? I've heard of it. I haven't, but oh well. Apparently, it's about all I've heard of it. They were sent a bunch of uh, dev units for the PlayStation Vita, right? The okay. the PSP two because the because Sony is reaching out to indie developers. Yeah, right. Yeah, so they got these free things, which normally, I mean, dev kits for console systems can cost a lot of money, like in the tens of thousands of dollars, and it yes. all depends on the current life cycle. Um, position, uh, like if it's a four-year-old system, it's probably yes, going to be it's, cheaper it's a rather or whatever. But, proposition. but yeah, it costs a lot of money. So your indie developer probably wouldn't be able to afford that easily. Right. Or if they could, they could scrape together and only get one system. But So they sent four of them over to these guys. And uh, if you recall, and I don't remember the details, but Sony has, has taken some steps towards um, courting these, these independents before. And they have this program where like they'll help you pay for certain fees, up, up to a certain, certain amount of development fees. They'll give you like 100% of the, the sales of your game up to a certain point, right. at which point then they start taking a percentage right. to help you recoup your costs faster, right. um, as long as you're exclusive to the PlayStation Network. And so they seem to be doing these things to try to get exclusivity and get people working on their, their system, which uh, is cool. I mean... It's hard to really complain about that. They're they're it's cool trying to be nice. Uh, I don't know how competitive they are because I don't know anybody who really plays downloadable games on the PS3. It's all my whole life, all my friends, everybody. It's all Xbox. Corey likes the PS3, but I don't see him playing downloadable games. On I it. think that Sony's recognizing this and uh, maybe they're trying to change it. Yeah, it's just it's interesting. I like to see them reaching out. We all like to see the success of indies. And so. maybe we'll get some better games on there. Yeah. All right. Well, we got a month ahead of us, guys, until until uh, September. We'll be back next week, as always. Stay tuned. Good night, guys. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.